Hello, dreamers. This is Janine. And Stephanie. And welcome to The Course of Course, episode 74. All right, Stephanie, my goodness. Things have changed around the world since the last time we have recorded. So we are in the midst of a global pandemic. We have both been self-quarantining for the past few weeks, for sure. I am recording in Dallas and you are in Santa Monica. So we may still be far apart, but we're together with all of our listeners right now at this time. Before we go any further, I want to say the Dr. Seuss prayer, as I have labeled it, because it's helping me every day. Go for it. Holy Spirit, help guide me today in all that I do, in all that I say, in all that I think, in all that I feel. Help me remember this world is not real. Thanks again to whoever posted that on the Disappearance of the Universe Yahoo discussion group. When I remember or find your name, I will definitely give you credit. It is a poem that I just love so much. I've been saying it every day. It just sounds a little like a Dr. Seuss cadence, which is why I called the Dr. Seuss poem. But it does help me remember that the reality is, quote unquote, the reality is that none of this is real, even though we very much are living in two different worlds, the third dimension and the real one, which is with God. So let's just remember as we move forward in time and we get a lot of notifications and a lot of news is coming at us about this pandemic and disease rates and deaths, that we are all here together with God right now. We just happen to be dreaming it. But in reality, We are already with God and everything else is just a projected dream that we are experiencing. Right, Steph? Yeah. One of the things we decided to do together was to start listening to the text again, the audio book of the Course in Miracles. And it's been really helpful. It totally has. It puts things back into perspective, real perspective. Yeah, part of the thing that I find fascinating is the psychology of it all, how we think that we turn from God and we're guilty. And so we have all this fear and we're angry. And so we're constantly trying to project it on our brother, you know, out of us so that we're not holding on to it. And just just the dynamics of how it all works, you know, the cycle of attack and defend and attack and defend and how we can choose in our mind because it's all already happened. We can just see the script unfolding and we can choose every moment. You know, do I want to view this with the ego from fear or do I want to view this with the Holy Spirit and think of love and just kind of right above the battleground as all this is unfolding? Yeah, absolutely. I keep reaching for Alex Marchand's cartoon book, his graphic novel, The Universe is a Dream, because it continues in very succinct ways to remind me that this is all a projection, like you were saying. It's all a projection. I like that it talks about that healing is a release from the fear. And it just seems like there's so much fear being peddled to us through the media. And I'm so glad right now that I don't watch television news. Um, I just think that anyone who's watching a lot of TV is probably going to be a lot more stirred up from all this. Yeah, I agree. So my father, who was living in his condo in Cincinnati, 
um, you know, he's getting older and we've been a little worried about him, but he actually moved into an assisted living facility last week. So, you know, it's kind of a new thing for him. He's very happy to be there. And, and we, we kind of feel relieved because we were a little worried him living on his own. Was he getting enough food? Was he, you know, did he fall? You know, that kind of thing. So we're really happy that he's there. And I am able to reach him through an Amazon Echo Show device, which is basically a video conferencing device that I can drop in on him and, you know, we can have chats. He's, you know, from a different generation. He has an iPhone, but he doesn't quite know how to use FaceTime. So that product that I call the gadget, the Amazon Echo Show, has been great. But I had dropped in on him yesterday and I was just asking him how he's doing and that kind of thing. And he was telling me that he doesn't have a whole lot to do right now. So he's been watching TV all day. So he's ingesting everything that's coming out of the news media. Mm-hmm. So he's getting a little nervous and, you know, upset about it. And I was like, Dad, whatever I can do, I can send you books or we can get you on Netflix. So you can watch some amazing Netflix TV shows that you and I have watched So there are ways to escape this. It's just a choice, really. Do we want to take in all this news? And the news is never really good. Or, you know, can we look at at other avenues of the media, which are actually entertaining? So, you know, hopefully my father will get to that place where he's not watching the news anymore. Much like you're doing, we get notifications on our phones from, you know, news outlets So that's the primary way that I'm consuming it. I'm not really watching too much live TV. I'm watching a lot of other streaming services, Amazon Prime, Netflix, Hulu, et cetera. And I am enjoying that. I'm not somebody who's really consuming a whole lot of television. But when we find a show that, you know, is is definitely a number of episodes and we start binge watching in some ways, it allows me to escape from the fake reality that everybody's experiencing right now with the pandemic. Yes. Shall we talk about the Tiger King? Let's talk about the Tiger King. (laughs) I thought the documentary was well shot and well paced and well edited. I remember watching, there's seven episodes for those who haven't watched the Tiger King yet. The first episode, I watched it at the end of it. I didn't know what I was seeing. It didn't, I was like, what in the world is this? But then as I proceeded to watch it, the storytelling came out and all the characters came out. It was just it was so riveting to kind of be invited into this strange world that I didn't even know existed. It is a strange world. It was so entertaining, though. I just loved all those characters. Do you want to give a little recap? Well, it's on Netflix. And it's about these different zoos around the country that are breeding and selling tickets to like have these cuddles with these little tiger cubs or whatever animals that they have. Um, and, and so one lady who was doing that kind of same stuff decided at one point that that wasn't very cool to do. So instead she started attacking the other zoos saying that that was bad, that they were doing that and that she was no longer doing it. And she tried to, create these laws about protecting the species, but it was like she could have them, but they couldn't. And she was, had done what they had done. And I don't, you know, it was, it's just, it's so over the top with people trying to like kill each other and 
using the media to exploit their messages over the top. Um, the whole thing was just over the top. <laughs> to me, it was it was perfect encapsulation of the third world crazy planet. It's people projecting their anger and guilt and stuff onto each other. And it started escalating out of control. And there were these beautiful animals that were kind of in the background that people were fighting over. There's, there's, you know, struggles with money and fame and politics. It was just an amazing, an amazing view on this slightly kind of like underworld experience of these I don't know what you would call them, private zoos, I guess, in a few areas. And just the characters, there's a character who I think was in Myrtle Beach, and he has the title of Bhagwan, which I think was supposed to be like intelligent or, or holy. I, I'm not sure. Bhagwan, who was a doc, Doc Antle or something, and he had a private zoo and he had four wives and he had a big elephant that he would ride in on and he had chimpanzee or monkey birthday parties it is bizarro but totally entertaining it really is it's a must watch just like cheer was yeah yeah you know it's interesting cheer when you think back i love cheer um and that came out i think the first week of january or something like that and when i think of cheer it just seems so innocent and, and lovely and then compared to the craziness of the tiger king it's like these two documentaries that I love so much, and they're like polar opposites in subject matter. It, I noticed on Twitter that they were projecting who would be playing the lead of Joe Exotic, who's the Tiger King, in the feature film. Like, they're already discussing making this into a movie. It's that riveting. I almost don't want to watch a movie on it. Because the the documentary is so pure and gritty and, you know, realistic. The idea of kind of making that into a dramatized movie just seems like, how can you make this more drama-like than it already is? Oh, Hollywood, they're just always trying to redo everything. Or jump onto the, you know, zeitgeist of the culture. It's fascinating that now that we're in this uh, COVID-19 kind of self-quarantine, we as a global community are all in this together. And it's very rare. I don't ever remember this when we're all kind of experiencing the same thing, being, you know, self-quarantined and worrying for our families and our health and you know there are toilet paper shortages across the globe who would have thought of that and the way human beings are reacting to it by hoarding things because if they have a lot of stuff then they don't have to worry about it but forgetting the fact that we're all in this together and maybe me owning 200 rolls of toilet paper when a family of six has no toilet paper, probably isn't the best way to go. I think there's a fear that everything will get locked down, that the supermarkets won't be open. So there won't be cans of soup or toilet paper to be gotten if everything's closed. And I think that, again, it's the fear of anticipation, not knowing what's going to happen and just wanting to be prepared. You know, fear is like that undercurrent in all of third dimension experience. We're down here because on some level we're, we're afraid of something. It's all that underlying guilt 
It's the never ending chain of guilt that kind of runs through all of us as uh, human beings in this illusionary third dimension world. So it is interesting watching behavior sort of come out and seeing the commonality of this fear and behavior, because in Italy, they're having the same problems with toilet paper shortages and people hoarding that you would find in Tucson, Arizona. We're all the same. We're all the same guilt kind of ridden spirits that have forgotten their way home and forget that we are God. We forget we remember. We forget we remember we we are of God. I really doubt that Jesus would have any interest in hoarding toilet paper, but that's just me. I think that this is a really good time for a reboot. I think that, you know, the course was saying something like the Holy Spirit communicates to us through love. And I think that because of the fear, it's it's a way to catch our attention in the world right now. And because we're being forced to slow down and some of us to even stop. And um, it, it just kind of is going to hopefully have this response of, well, maybe I should be looking inside instead of always looking outside. So I see this as this really powerful reboot where people can get in touch with something maybe new within them that they've not ever had a moment to be in touch with because there's just so much going on, whether it's they have kids or they have jobs or everyone's commuting. And it's just the slavery um, mechanism that we've been on for so long. And it just really does need to kind of balance out again. And, and hopefully at the end of this, we're going to have a new way of being. I mean, I, I don't know if that's too grandiose, but it'd be great if people could have living wages where they don't have to worry about you know, paying the rent, like right now, people are worried about paying the rent, but then the upper echelon of all those companies, they all get paid millions and gazillions. And it's like, how much do you guys need? Why can't you just take care of the people who actually make your stuff and get your stuff out into the world? Like, why can't, why can't we be like our parents had it when, you know, they'd go to work, they be home by six o'clock. They'd make enough money to buy a brand new car, to buy a house, to to do things. Like right now, it just seems so lopsided where that 5% just has everything and the rest of people are struggling. And I just think that this is a good way to maybe even things out. And I don't know how that's going to happen. Well, we are seeing in other countries their leadership taking control and ensuring that folks will have, let's just say, $2,000 a month during this period of time. It's just the United States that seems to be lagging in making sure that the average American is being taken care of during this time period. That, to me, is is um, a little depressing <laughs> um, because, like you said, you know, we're passing trillions of dollars of of money that we didn't have last year for some reason when we were trying to get universal health care. But all of a sudden we now have trillions of dollars that we can use as a, a stimulus package. It would be nice. I love your idea. This would be a great reboot time. If we can reboot everything, we'd have to start from scratch, right? And ensure that our leadership and our government is actually working for the people and no longer working for larger corporations or banks, that kind of thing. We'll see what happens. I mean, wouldn't that be great if that could occur? 
I know that people would be a little um, unsettled because it seems like it would be a massive change, but the reality is we've needed a change for quite some time now. Yeah, and if 95% of the world is struggling and the 5% has everything, then it's just a natural balancing out, it seems. Like this 2020, we're in the 2000s, like something has to shift from the way this mind of separation and and thinking that we're always trying to divide and separate and and, and hoard and and have where the Holy Spirit's, you know, trying to unify everyone and heal our, our mind and our thoughts. And I, I, I really hope that some shift in perception, a real miracle can happen in the mind of humanity. And I just keep praying to the Holy Spirit to heal our minds. Well, let's talk about this disease itself. So it's fascinating that it started out, uh, I guess, in China and, you know, it's sort of wound its way around the globe. It just shows you how much human beings travel, first of all, and how easy it is to sort of infect one another with these kind of bugs, these viruses. By the time it got to the United States, I think we pretty much knew, I mean, obviously we knew about it. It had been in the wild, I guess, for a couple months And we're seeing how it's spreading across the United States. And currently at the time of this, our recording, New York City seems to really be a hotspot. New York State, bigger picture, but New York City really. And we were talking about how in New York City, it appears that people are living really close to one another, which isn't helping with the spread of the disease. And also there's an incubation period of, I think, 14 days to two weeks So those in New York could have been spreading it for two weeks and never would have known. The way this virus is spreading is very democratizing, meaning it really doesn't have, it's not biased. It it will attack any human structure, I suppose. But also I think it's enlightening to see how some of these state governors are really coming into their own in terms of leaders I know that the New York governor, uh, Andrew, I don't know why I'm having a problem with his last name, Cuomo, is really doing a great job. And so is the um, the California governor. I can't Gavin remember. Newsom. Gavin Newsom has done a tremendous job. And Jay Inslee in Washington State. And I think it's Pritzker or something like that in Illinois. It's really interesting. Oh, and um. Uh, Mike DeWine, who is the governor of Ohio, we're starting to see these natural leaders come out. And that is actually comforting that they are paying attention and they want the best for their citizens. And they're doing what they can to work with one another to ensure that things like uh, personal protective equipment and ventilators are, you know, if they aren't getting them from the federal government, I think they're working on pulling them off the open market and hopefully working with one another to ensure that all Americans across the country will have the care they need if they need it. I saw something heartwarming about the costume designer guild was sewing face masks. And it's, it's interesting to hear the stories of how people are coming together, like medical teams needing food and restaurants needing to stay open so people donating money to keep the restaurant open and then delivering that food to the medical teams and um it just there's some great um 
stories of just people coming together in teamwork and in love to unify, regardless of not knowing how it's all going to turn out, you know? Right. The goodness of humans is always so satisfying to see. And it always comes out because no matter what, when you strip us all down, we're good and decent and we are God. So it's always nice and, and gratifying and heartwarming to hear these stories. We all really do want to help each other. Last weekend, I I try and walk every day in the park because I live so close to the ocean. And it was packed. It was completely packed with people when everyone was supposed to be staying in their own neighborhoods. I mean, there was hundreds of boats. PCH was packed. The park was packed. It was so packed that people were up on the top of the of the bluff where I live, you know, just trying to avoid the traffic. And I'm just now starting to see that it's it's starting to slow down. But as I'm out in the park and I'm walking, I'm just like, you know, I and my father are one and my brother and I are one. My sister and I are one. and We are all one. And just trying to remember, like, we're all from that one loving mind. And we need this opposite, I think, to happen for us to remember that that's not who we are and that we can choose again. That's the beauty of the course. You know, the course is a mind training and I think people forget that. So just a reminder, you know, to always tune in. Everything happens at the level of the mind and to ask for our inner kindness teacher, the Holy Spirit, our higher self, whatever works for you and just, you know, tune in and get present in the moment and give the illusion over. So what are some of the things that you've been doing during this um, pandemic for your own health? I know for me, we've long been fans of natural um, oil diffusers. So I diffuse lavender and things like that. I currently have Breathe Easy, which is a product from Eden's Garden and On Guard, which is a doTERRA product. What are kind of the things that you're doing for yourself to kind of keep up your healthy um, countenance during this time? I'm doing things like apple cider vinegar, a tablespoon and a eight ounce glass of cold water, doing that a couple times a day. That helps alkaline my system because the more acidic we are, the more chance we have of getting sick. Um, sugar is also something to really watch out for. Uh, I've been on this cleanse, you know, since January. So I've been staying away from sugar. You're so lucky that you aren't addicted to sugar because you've been off it for so long. But for me, it's a real struggle. Uh, I would say staying away from any packaged food, trying to, I wish we had more garden spaces. That's one thing I'm very present to is, you know, I have my one park. But besides that park, there's very limited community gardens. There's very limited parks through Los Angeles. It wasn't really built with parks in mind. And I'd love to see that as a shift as we rebuild or or create new cities going forward or spaces to have more green spaces. But I think being outside and um, and watching what we eat and watching our thoughts for sure. I'm definitely meditating every day and reading the course and I'm doing my workbook lessons. I'm also really into flower essences. So I've been taking a virus, a bacteria, which are for dealing with any kind of viruses that I can encounter that my body's just filled with light and love and 
anything that comes through me is just, you know, zapped with love and doesn't really linger in a bad way. And I have them for respiratory and my lymph system and my digestive system and my nervous system and um, <clears throat> immune system. So I'm taking all these paralandra flower essences and working with my MAP team, my medical assistance program with the White Brotherhood, um, my PAN, the overlighting Deva of healing and my higher self. And we just do like a four, they call it a four point coning or a conference call. So I kind of set myself up before this was unfolding as it was unfolding, like, okay, team, my medical team, this flu's coming and I want to make sure that I'm in a good, you know, involution, evolution, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual balance. So that as this thing comes at me, everything just kind of, flows in and through and and nothing lingers i'm also doing mushroom teas i'm like doing all kinds of stuff it sounds like you are embracing sort of like the off the grid kind of health care options that are available yeah and you mentioned uh, doTERRA oregano oil is also good for combating viruses i really think that when cindy gary and i went to the natural um or the conscious life expo in february and we all got sick i think that that was the coronavirus i think um there was people here from china and europe at that conference it was at lax there was thousands of people there and everyone got sick um, I, I think that a friend of mine I was talking to who lives up in the middle of California, he thinks he got it in December. I mean, I know there's flu, but there's, what do you call that? Like, uh, however they describe the symptoms of coronavirus that are exactly what we all had. Think I'm going to get sick again or anything, but I am just trying to stay inside and, and limit my uh, interactions with other people. It's also the other interesting facet of this. We've been told numerous times to self-quarantine or basically stay at home, right? So just stay at home. And if you do need to go out, it really should be limited to going to the grocery store for food or, you know, going to a medical place, like whether it's an ER or a urgent care, if you need that. But pretty much... Don't go to any restaurants unless it's carry out or drive through. Now all the restaurants are closed anyway. You can't go in and sit down and have a meal. But we're still seeing instances where folks like you were talking about walking around and seeing so many people out. It's okay to go out and get some exercise. We just have been told don't congregate. Be six feet away from one another. And often that isn't being observed. However, it's possible that let's just say you are a family of four and you know, you're with each other 24 seven. So when you see some people walking around and they're not six feet away from one another, it could just be that they are, it's a family, you know? And I know that in theory, they're supposed to be six feet away from each other, but in some ways that's kind of not feasible if you're in the same house and around them 24 seven. Right. So even though we do see people who aren't social distancing, there may be reasons for it. But the reality is there are still those who are congregating in parks and hanging out. They clearly aren't families, like group of friends or whatever. And that's what is causing some of these challenges. Sometimes people think, oh, yeah, that's my friend. They're not going to infect me. So I'm just going to hang out with them. It's like that's not the case because you don't know if your friend is a carrier or not. 
regardless of whether they have symptoms. So it's sort of fascinating how people can rationalize in their minds who they think are not going to infect them because of familial experience with them. Yeah, that's a really good point. For instance, little Jay, the guy that I have a relationship with, um, you know, he lives over in like Hollywood, Los Feliz, and I live at the beach. So we're like 50 minutes from each other and he doesn't cook so much. So he goes out and stands in line to get food (laughs) at these little mom and pop places. And it's like, even though he's at home the whole time, he's still going out every day to get food. And I'm not so sure I want him over because he's been exposed, you know, to hundreds of people. That's what's so sad about this um, pandemic is, you know, it's sort of making us question other people like, oh, no, they may have been exposed. So maybe they shouldn't be around me or whatever, which is the right way to go from, a, you know, ensuring that the disease doesn't spread. But it's also kind of sad that it makes us question these close relationships, you know, and, and not feel like, oh, OK, I'm going to have this person who, you know, I'm having this relationship with come over because I'm worried that they might have be a carrier of this. So it's sort of it, it's just sad because it does break down some of those relationships unfortunately, where you just want to like hug them. Like I was reading these stories about people who might run into an old friend they hadn't seen. And your natural reaction is to just give them a hug. Like, oh, I'm so glad to see you. And you have to stop and go against your natural inclination to think, okay, I'm going to distance myself. They were saying in the news today that even if families, you know, people get married and they separate and they have kids and they have sharing custody, And so even the families that are separated (laughs) aren't even supposed to drive to each other and like pick up the kid and have the kid over because it's their time to have the kid because they're just saying it's just too much movement of people moving around. Yeah, and I had read that generally speaking, wherever the children are, whichever parent they're with, when these quarantine orders came down, the children really need to stay with that one parent. Which is also sad because the other parent won't be able to see their children. I, you know, it, all of this is pretty unfortunate and we can only hope that we will pass through this. But it seems like this may go on a lot longer than we had thought. Um, there was the big ACIM conference that was scheduled for Los Angeles uh, during Memorial Day weekend. It was just canceled, which is very sad. We were both looking forward to that. Because I guess, you know, maybe it, the organize not the organizers, but I think the hotel, the venue probably felt like they wouldn't be able to host it from a time perspective. We don't know if it's because we wouldn't be out of quarantine yet or what. But, you know, I've, I've been hearing some folks believe that we might be in this situation through maybe August. Right now, as of the recording of this podcast, it looks like We're all supposed to still stay in place, stay in homes until April 19th, I believe. So we'll see how this kind of evolves. These decisions will emerge. Like the master gardeners for the state of California, we were told a couple weeks ago, you know, no, no more events at all. I mean, it came out like nothing more than 50 people. And then it was nothing more with 10 people. And then it was like nothing at all. And then it was 
okay, through the end of March, and then it was through the end of April, and now they've already said it's going to, the ban's going to happen through at least the middle of May, and they'll reevaluate it. You know, the school kids, some of them are doing classes online, and some of them aren't, and they're going to be behind, and they got to make it up, and it is a ripple effect. Like, we were talking earlier about if people don't pay rent, you know how that affects the owner of the property and that the bank still wants their payment. So, you know, it's not like you could just say, well, I'm kind of unemployed right now, so I don't think I should have to pay my rent. You know, like what kind of thing is that? Like, of course I got to pay my rent. If, if I don't pay it now, I'm going to have to pay it later. Like they're still going to want their money. Yeah. It's just forgiveness for a while. Um, it's just like anything else. I believe that, a lot of the major banks that are holding mortgages, they will allow you to have, I don't know, a couple months of mortgage forgiveness. But the reality is they're just going to tack those two months onto the end of your mortgage. So it's not like you get months free. It just means that you're deferring the payment by a couple months. And that could be helpful for mm -hmm. sure. I hope I can get a full-time regular job in the next few months because I'm running out of money. I mean, it's it's pretty serious. I I still feel like everything's going to be fine, though. I don't really need much. Yeah, that's true. And that is true. Everything is going to be fine. But it goes back to the fear, the fear of the unknown. What am I going to do if dot, dot, dot? A lot of people are struggling with that. Yeah, we have said over and over again how grateful we are that the course came to our lives because early on, I think a lot of people were very, very afraid of this virus and the death rates and the death toll. And now that we have a different perspective and understand from the course that this is an illusion and we actually are working to wake up from this dream we don't have the same beliefs and fears of kind of waking up that we might have previously this is probably the best moment in history of humanity in a while to look at oneself and ask like is what i'm doing something that really brings me joy is where i'm living really a place i want to be you know, are the people that are in my circle the kind of people that I want to be around? And and hopefully everyone is going to be looking at themselves and kind of reevaluating. 100% agree. And there's a lot of course um, support out there. There's so many, like Gary and Cindy have their Patreon still happening. That's going to be on Monday, even though a lot of Gary's events have been um I don't want to say canceled because they will get rescheduled, but just if you have a ticket to something, you know, definitely double check and see if it's happening or not. Well, I think the nice thing about having this time where we can go in inward and as you were saying, kind of evaluate, is this where I want to be? Is what I'm doing giving me joy and happiness? These are questions we should probably ask every day, but it's, perfect timing, I guess, that this virus is happening where it is sort of forcing everybody out of routine and into new ways of kind of working with each other and relating to one each other. And we're all going through the same experience around the globe. So we're in some ways no longer an American or a, someone from China or an Italian 
We are all together in this. And it does bring us together and help us understand that this is humanity. It isn't my team against your team. I hope that once this virus has uh, run its course, we remember these lessons and we remember that we're all in it together, regardless of what then happens in the future. We can't help as human beings or living organisms to separate and divide. That's pretty much how nature has it in the script. But it is providing us more opportunity to see the commonality in everyone, as opposed to they're wrong, I'm right, that kind of thing. We still see it. There's still discord, but I'm really hoping that humanity will get and remember that we're all together. We're all one. We're one global community now. One mind, one love. Bob Marley. Hey, Bob, Bob Marley. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, this has been a really great conversation and I'm so glad that we are able to provide these podcasts and hopefully those uh, dreamers out there, those listeners can let us know if how they're doing uh, during this time of self-quarantine. We'd love to hear from you. You can always go to the course of course.blogspot.com or our Facebook page. Thank you for joining us. Good night, everyone. <laughs>